The Restless Midlifer podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Welcome to episode 100 of the Restless Midlifer podcast. Now, I'm chuffed a bit to say that because when I first started out as the Sprout Sweater, um, the podcast as it was called in the, in the first instance, I really didn't set out to have a particular number of podcasts. I just wanted to shape some ideas, some thoughts and get across key messages around behaviour change and particularly reclaiming that for people who are, I guess, similar to me in so many ways, you know, that particular age where health is perhaps a bit of a challenge, juggling all the responsibilities, that kind of thing. And really, how can we do that while still fulfilling and meeting those responsibilities? And I have to say, over the last 18 months plus, the for me, the podcast has taken shape in terms of who it's aimed at, hence it changed from the Sprout Sweater to the Restless Midlifer. And also what the message focus is about, because yes, we spent a lot of time in the early um, Sprout Sweater episodes talking about that principle of Sprout Sweating, breaking things down into small chunks and focusing on making change consistently through those small changes applied repeatedly over time. Now, that still applies, but I changed it to the Restless Midlifer largely because I wanted the the sprout sweating to be the what, the how and what we do in order to achieve, and the midlifer, the restless midlifer, to be the people, the who, who is it aimed at? People like me, perhaps people like you, who are, and it's not really an age thing, but who are looking to get more out of life without sacrificing the responsibilities and duties and demands that you have, but just get better at it in a sense of managing yourself more kindly, dealing with the demands and the stresses of life in a more pragmatic, practical way, and reclaiming some of some of that portion of life for your health for your adventures in life so that's really what the restless midlife was about and it's kind of taken shape over time more organically i deliberately tried to let it do that because as somebody who is a, a recovering perfectionist I, I do struggle with trying to just let things go and evolve and be less than perfect but as i'm sure you've you've noticed over the last well, however many episodes you've been listening, I'm kind of more comfortable with less than perfect, aren't I? So, um, so yes, I'm delighted to be here for the 100 episodes. And I don't really have a food for thought myself, although, well, I guess I do. One, one thing is, take a moment at any time, but I urge you to do it now. Take a moment to look at what you have achieved, what you have done, how far you have come. Because one of the things we often don't do is take time to do that. We're often so busy batting off things, fending off, dealing with, meeting the demands of others and ourselves, responding to the pressure we place on ourselves and planning and working towards a future that we rarely stop, take a breather and just appreciate what we've done and what, how far we've come, what you've learned, what you've been through, how you've come through it. Battered and bruised perhaps, but you've come through it and you're possibly wiser, I would like to think, and you've, you've got more tools in the kit. And that's really worth celebrating. So for me, this episode 100 is a, is a good point, I guess, to do that for myself, but as importantly, to encourage you to do that for you. So that's my food for thought, I guess, hopefully nice and quick. Um, what I have today is a great bunch of people who have kindly, they're, they're former guests on the podcast. Some have appeared once, some have appeared twice, some three times, some more. But what they've all done is shared some great, great wisdom, insights, challenges, and stories, their own experiences over the podcasts over the last 18 months. And asking them to share this, their, their sort of two-minute, sprout-sized food for thought 
for this episode has been an absolute delight to get back in touch to reconnect and also to see some of the the really brilliant thoughts and tips and ideas and some of them challenging um to uh, to you uh, to me and to you as the audience so i want to thank all of my guests they introduce themselves and those that don't i will pop up and pr- introduce them just before their tip um but Listen in, pick one or two out of that, those tips and thought, thoughts to spend some time reflecting on if it's a reflection or putting into action if it's, a, if it's a tip that you think, yes, I need to do that. Do that and then also let me know which ones you've acted on, which ones particularly related or resonated to you for you um, and send me an email at dave at restlessmidlifer.com. But for now, I'm going to hand over to uh, my first tip and uh, contributor, the amazing Pete Matthew, who is uh, a three-time appearance on the podcast, a three-peat as he calls it, a bit cringy that joke Pete, I'm afraid, but no, in all seriousness, Pete's been a great guest talking about financial issues and financial, uh, getting our finances and investment side of things in order as midlifers, and he has a great tip to kick us off. So I'll see you on the other side. Take care. Hi Dave, this is Pete Matthew from Meaningful Money. Very many congratulations on hitting 100 episodes of the podcast. That is an amazing achievement and testament to the quality of the work that you're doing. Now, you asked for something relevant, insightful or useful for your audience, which is a shame because I had something pointless, unhelpful and irrelevant planned. But if you insist, my little tidbit of insight here is that we should mistrust ourselves most when we are certain. We should mistrust ourselves most when we are certain. Now that's actually a quote from JK Rowling, somebody with fairly strong views on lots of subjects. I don't know about you, but as I've grown older, I'm 48 now, I know I look 58 at least, I've become more convinced as I've grown older that I really don't know too much at all. And that I'll never even scratch the surface of what can be known, even in a very narrow subject. As a younger man, I find myself getting more and more entrenched in my opinions on any given subject, figuring that I should have a really clear view on things to stand out and be a proper adult. I never wanted to be one of those guys who couldn't really contribute to a conversation because I didn't know stuff. But now, as a midlifer, I'm aware more than ever that dogma and closed-mindedness are a large part of what's wrong with the world. I'm more certain than ever that I can't actually be certain about anything. So now I'm committed to learning how to think better. And that means lots of reading, journaling to process thoughts, and not continually bombarding myself with input. I'm leaving space to think. If you haven't already, check out the Farnham Street blog at fs.blog. It's one of my favorite sites on the internet. And their great mental model books are just so good. So well done again, Dave, on 100 episodes. You, sir, are a legend. Hello, folks. I'm Simon Ward. And Dave has asked me to contribute to his 100th anniversary podcast. So here goes. I'm a triathlon coach, and I've been doing that for over 30 years. But I've also qualified and practiced as a strength coach, a nutrition coach, and now more recently as a sleep, stress management, and deep health and recovery coach. And what I found is that all of those last few contribute to helping athletes improve their athletic performances. But if you think you're not an athlete, please don't dismiss the value of those in helping you to enjoy a better life. And the one thing that underpins everything is sleep. There's nothing that can't be made better with a good night's sleep. For example, if your goal is to lose weight, that might come down to something as simple as decision making. When you're tired, it's all too easy to pick up the phone and order a pizza or another sort of takeaway. When you're on top of your game and you've been sleeping well, you probably feel 
more enthusiastic about making yourself something from all the things that you've got in your fridge. And that in itself will help you to have more energy, be healthier, and maybe in the long term to lose a bit of weight without even cutting any calories. You'll also find that when you've had a good night's sleep, your moods are better, and that could improve relationships you have with your family, your friends, or maybe even your work colleagues. And as we find out from all of the athletes that we coach, when they sleep better, they have better powers of recovery, which means that any training they do has a little bit more value. And in the long term, they find it much easier to achieve their goals. So how to improve your sleep is another podcast. But for now, please just trust me when I say, if you want to improve your life, focus on improving your sleep. And I guarantee that everything will change after that. Next, we have Andrew Plasm Scott, who is a coach specializing in narrative coaching and using narrative coaching to help people change and shift the stories that they have and that they tell themselves about themselves and about the world. That's a great in there. A couple of thoughts today to share with you. Gosh, two minutes to talk about anything. Well, I think what I'll talk about is a couple of books that I found particularly helpful in the last year or so. And one of them is by uh, Dr. Catherine Mannix, and it's called With the End in Mind, Dying, Death and Wisdom in an Age of Denial. So Dr. Mannix has worked as a palliative care professional for a large part of her professional life and, and has witnessed many people dying and has noticed that it helps if people understand what's happening, both the person dying and, of course, their, their relatives. And so there's a book about that and about the need for us to talk about death and to understand death so that when the time comes either for us to be with others who are dying or, of course, die ourselves, we know what to expect. And that removes a great deal of fear and stress and tension. It's a beautiful book, wise and compassionate, and told through many stories of experiences that uh, Dr Manix has witnessed. So that's one book that I found really profoundly moving and actually very important. And then based on that, a second book I got hold of because it's by the same person, Dr Catherine Mannix, is called Listen. And the subtitle is How to Find the Words for Tender Conversations. And it's quite simply the best book on listening that I've read since Nancy Klein's classic Time to Think many years ago. And um, it takes a different approach, of course, it's a different context, but it's really based on the, the profound need that we have to be listened to and the valuing that that uh, communicates to others. And, and then the basis on which when we've really listened to somebody, we can help them more effectively or, if necessary, disagree more effectively. Um, but it's a beautiful book, again, with a lot of wisdom going into it, and a lot of experience as well. So highly recommended. Hey there, I'm Carolyn Hobday, a.k.a. The Midlife Mistress. I'm a creator of corporate athletes and a joyful revolutionary. I'm delighted to be asked by Dave to help him celebrate his 100th podcast. It's such an amazing achievement. Now, I used to be the queen of sorry, sorry, sorry. I spent all of my time apologising. So my advice to midlifers is stop apologising. Just stop it. When we apologise all the time, we diminish ourselves. We look like we don't have any boundaries or any self-respect. We look like we're sorry just 
being in the room. So how do you do that? Well, you need to work out who you are. And you do that by thinking about what's the legacy I want to leave in life? How do I want people to feel when they've interacted with me? What are the standards and the boundaries that I want to set in my life? Who do I want to show up as? Write those things down so you can hold yourself to account to it, especially when you might fall off the wagon. And then you step into being that person. You step into your power, you stand on your square of the world and you stand tall. That way, you stop saying sorry for being you. And remember, those people that have problems with your boundaries are those people that benefit from you having none. Hi, I am Fiona Maguire. I'm an intuitive transformational coach. My website is fionamaguire.com. Thank you, Dave, for allowing me to celebrate with you this amazing occasion of 100 episodes. You go, what a brilliant gift to give to the world. My gift I give to the world as a highly sensitive person and an empath myself is I teach you how to know that your sensitivity is a gift. I know it might not always feel like that, but I promise you that it's a gift and you can use it to access your intuition and your inner wisdom and be guided by your own sensitivity all the time. Not in a, oh, I need to be scared of the way other people are feeling and thinking, but in a beautiful, harmonious way where you're excited and you're creating with your beautiful gift of sensitivity everything that you want in your life. I would love to help you. Have fun. Enjoy this time of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dave Hall and I run an organisation called the Idea Centre. And what we do is help individuals understand what happens inside your head that locks you in more of the same thinking. There are a number of mental blocks that we have in there. And one of the most significant of those leads us to rushing in and solving problems before we necessarily understand them. We talk of survival of the fittest. It's not. It's survival of the quickest when it comes to problem solving. And the consequence of that is that we tend to be very sloppy at problem definitions because the exciting thing is solving the problem, not getting the phrasing of it right in the first place. And if you define a problem very sloppily, then don't be surprised that what you end up with is at best incremental improvement. And if all you want is a small incremental change, then it's not a problem at all. But if you want transformation, if you want step function change, I can give you a couple of tips that will help you along the way. The first of those is to completely avoid the word we. We is the root of all creative evil, as far as I'm concerned, because it gives everyone somewhere to hide. No one is singularly responsible for making sure that transformation happens. We all like to be part of we. We're not going to do anything, but just like to be part of the team. Absolute nonsense. Someone should be lying awake at night worrying about making sure that that step function transformation actually takes place. So put a named individual in there rather than the word we. And if it's you that needs to drive the change, then the word is I. Don't hide away from it. The second tip I'm going to give you is to completely avoid incremental words. Words like enhance, more, increase, reduce. All those are incremental words. You only need to make a tiny change to solve that particular problem. You want to increase something? Just try a little bit harder and you will increase it. Only by a tiny amount. But that's OK, because all you've asked for is an increase. 
These incremental words are rubbish. What you need if you're driving transformation are extreme words. You want a shed load of something. You want to double something rather than having an increase in something. So top tips from me, avoid the word we when you're setting your challenge out, when you're defining your problem. And for goodness sake, avoid those incremental words. Of course, if you're happy with continuous improvement, just a little bit of change, then you're perfectly all right and ignore everything that's just gone before. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Rob Baker, Chief Positive Deviant of Taylor Thinking. And congratulations to the Restless Midlifer podcast on reaching your centenary of uh, podcasts. Uh, so congratulations. So my thought I wanted to kind of share with, with you all um, was a question or a quote that I heard recently. I can't find who it's been, where I, where I heard it, but it's something that I've been reflecting on. And you can see it just here. And the question is, how much time do you spend proving yourself rather than being yourself? I think often for a lot of us, it's it's human and natural for us to want to grow and develop. And that's why you listen to the podcast, right? And But sometimes I think that we do that at the, the expense of actually understanding and reflecting on kind of who we are, the strengths that we have, the talents uh, that we have, what we've achieved. So my kind of kind of question is to reflect on on this how much time do you spend proving rather than being yourself and also to just reflect on on some of your strengths to kind of write down some of your strengths and and achievements over the last year even if they're very very small i think often we're kind of always moving forward to and demonstrate our effectiveness whereas sometimes we're not very good at looking back at the past and seeing what we've achieved and and how we're achieving it as individuals. So that's my my tip. Um, best of luck with that. And congratulations again on um, reaching your centenary. Um, I hope you enjoyed um, and got a, a card from, from the King. Okay, thanks, bye. Hi there, this is David Charlton, sports psychologist. So my advice would be, if you're in your, your 30s, 40s, 50s, would be, to really get clear on your values, you know, what is important to you in your life, in your work, and your, your general day-to-day. -day. So, you know, for example, my values, I've got excellence, which links to my, my work. Um, we've got adventure, which is more about getting out in the outdoors and going to different places. Um, we have family. I've got two, two young boys and, and my wife it's trying to, to make sure that we spend enough time together, quality time that is. We've got honesty, which links again to my work and just general life. And then we've got the fun element as well. So those are like my five key values. You know, what are yours? Really question that. And then to be able to take it to the next level, what you could do is write some goals down. So make some goals for each month. So on a monthly basis, do this. And look at different areas of your life. So for argument's sake, you might want to look at your career and, your, and the business side of things, maybe financial things, your family, spiritual aspects of your life, and then the, the mental, physical aspect of your life. And then try and link your monthly goals to some of these values. And what you could then do is just put your... Put your goals, your monthly goals on a on a note, maybe on your phone, set a reminder on your phone and every day, morning and evening, check these goals. 
again, looking at your values as well. And it really helps you get clear and consistent. And it helps you recognize where you're getting distracted, where, you've, where, where you haven't really said what you're going to do. And then you can either alter the goal or you can make some decisions to, to get back on track. I find this really, really helpful in my life and I try to preach that to my clients too. So yeah, best of luck. I started working with Dave about five years ago now when I was in my mid forties and I happened to meet him at a, a national meeting at work and a lot of what he said really resonated with me and I decided to have some one-to-one -one, uh, sessions with him to go a bit deeper into the ideas that he'd put across at the meeting. Now my issues were, um, my, my weight was one and um, just a lack of, of motivation to do, do joyful things in life. Everything was a bit uh, autopilot, work, kids, sleep, repeat. Um, and yeah, I wasn't making a lot of time for me uh, and making myself a priority. Um, I've been wanting to lose the weight for a while, but uh, just struggled with the tools really to, uh, to even get started. Um, and and working with Dave just give me the kickstart that I need. So I'm not sure how I'd describe his service. It's definitely not counselling. I wouldn't say it's really for you know any sort of serious mental health problems. More um, very practical based, uh, goal orientated, uh, day to day things that you can do that will really improve your life. Um, so for me, uh, I started with my weight and my sleep because I'm a shift worker and my sleep was terrible and that had a, a huge impact on everything else. So the, the, my first session was about sleep and very much practical things that I could do that would revolutionise my sleep and it did. And um, you know that, that first thing gave me a lot more energy to then focus on other things. Uh, and it, it snowballed really. So I then focused on my weight and um, motivation to exercise when you don't really want to exercise and uh, determination and measuring your goals and just tools that you can have to make sure that you kind of stick to things and um, <clears throat> when the going gets tough really and factoring in time for you, things that you enjoy, um, how to manage your time better. Um, so yeah, so these are all sort of things that I've learnt and since I started working with Dave I lost five stone, I uh, joined a running club, I'd never run, <laughs> never run before, uh, I do a lot of hiking, wild camping, strength training, um, I just make sure I have a lot more time with friends um, and it's not all about work and, and the kids and, and just getting more out of every day really I would say is is um, is what I got out of working with Dave so if, if you are you know middle-aged feeling a bit stuck just going through the motions um, yeah there is definitely a lot that you will you will get out of working with Dave and next we have Richard Dider who is a writer and uh, somebody who supports writers in getting their ideas and their thoughts out onto paper and freeing that up using clean language coaching and um, and other techniques to help them be creative and really produce the goods when it comes to their writing.
How long do you spend thinking about the really big decisions that you have in life? One thing that strikes me as I sit here, midlife person, is the mismatch of scale between some of the most important decisions that we have to take and the length of time that we spend thinking about them. If a decision is going to make a huge difference, well, it should take time to reflect on it. Yet, so often, big decisions can be taken almost by default or by a very surface level of investigation. Where I sit now in midlife, I can think of a few decisions that have made a huge difference to me and also a great and somewhat greater number of decisions that might have made a huge difference. And I'd like to think that those few that made a huge difference, that slightly larger number that might have made a huge difference, that I'd have spent a long time on those. And maybe I'd spend a long time sort of preparing to take those types of decisions so that I'm ready to take action on those things that really matter. So as my tip, here's a suggestion to see wise decision making as a process which is worth your attention, which you can get better at, and where you can use a structured approach. And a structured approach can offset complexity. And complexity is often part of those big decisions that matter. Maybe even wise decision making isn't just a process, it's a profession. It's something at which you can become more and more professional over the years. And coming up next, we have David Wilkinson, who is a two-time appearance on the podcast. David is a coach specializing in working with men um, to maximize their life in all different aspects and to also working with leadership teams as well. And he has some brilliant tips and thoughts on the previous episodes as he appeared and a great one to think about today. The only way out is in. This is a massive, massively useful and beneficial insight to help anybody transform their world. As people, we're generally pretty obsessed with the external world, changing our outside image, our body, how we look, our outside relationships, our outside business, our jobs, our careers, our outside world. Now, there isn't anything wrong with that. We're not doing anything bad by doing that, but it's incomplete as a strategy. And because we're so ex obsessed with the outside, we're forgetting the major source of it all, us or you. The key work that I find with the work that I've done for myself and anybody that I've supported is going inwards, as in the only way out is in. The only way to create sustainable, transformational, external results in whatever area of life that is for yourself is about coming inwards and seeing how you see yourself and how you see yourself as it relates to what you want to change or adapt or shift in your life. This is pivotal. It's not about what you're doing or what you're not doing, but why you do or see it that way in the first place. If that is the one peaceful, useful inf information I could give to you whilst you watch this, is come inwards. Do the work on you 
on your internal terrain, on your internal perspective, get to know yourself, and get to know fundamentally why you act and behave the way you do. It's not about it being good or being bad or right or wrong, it's about why you do something in the first place. And when you can see that for yourself, then you can see sustainable shift and change, which will fundamentally change your thinking, change the way you act, it'll change your behaviors, and it'll change the external world and results that you experience. The only way out is in. Thank you. Hi, I'm OMJ Ryan, author of the Detective Jane Phillips series, and I'm here to give you my piece of insight and advice for the restless midlifer. I'll try saying that with your teeth out. For me, it's basically follow your heart, follow your dreams. It's never too late to make a change. It's never too late to try and do the thing that you've always wanted to do. You know, I had a very successful career in corporate. I had a lot of perks to go with it, but I wasn't really enjoying myself and I wasn't really feeding my passion. Passion is so important in life and life is very, very short. I know that from personal experience. So, you know, don't waste time. If you've got something burning inside you that you want to do, seek it out. You don't have to give everything up straight away, but don't let it burn away to nothing. Give it some air, give it some oxygen, let them flames grow and see what it becomes. You never know. It could be the next and the best stage of your life yet. So go for it. Enjoy yourself, explore, have fun and be happy. Hey Dave, it is Greg Kettner with the Work Happy. Uh, thanks again for all you do uh, in helping middle-aged uh, men and women uh, regain their lives. And thank you for having me on your podcast. The one piece of advice that I've learned, uh, just turned 51, is to invest time in yourself. We, uh, at least in my case, uh, the goal coming out of college was to make money, get married, have a, a family, uh, which happened for me. Uh, later on, not right away. But what I've learned, uh, you know, the last three or four years is that I need to invest time in myself um, because I can't serve my family, I can't serve my clients if I'm not taking care of myself. And what you talk about, uh, health and mental mindset, all those kinds of things are the same thing. And I've found that I'm taking more time to take care of myself first, uh, both physically and mentally so that I can serve other people. And when we do that, it's not being selfish, but it's making sure that our mindset is great, that we're, uh, we have the ability to reach out uh, when stress comes into our lives. I, I talk about a lot about mental wellness and how do we take care of ourselves? What are the things we can do, whether it's exercise or diet or sleeping, uh, talking to people and, you know, uh, I'm not an expert, I'm not a doctor or counselor, but I share with people our journey um, with my stepdaughter losing her father to suicide and how we have all come together on this journey, how I now reach out to my guy friends. We have conversations about mental health. I was just with some buddies and uh, it was very refreshing that it was a safe space to talk about stresses in our lives, whether it's work or family or clients or money. So my number one advice uh, to middle-aged people, middle-aged men, uh, is take care of yourself, put yourself first, be a little bit selfish, uh, and then it's a lot easier to take care of your family, take care of your clients, and the rest just kind of falls into place. So thank you, Dave, for all you do. I appreciate you, and um, thanks for being a friend and a mentor. Cheers. Hi, I'm Duncan O'Brien. I'm a personal trainer, coach, and lover of football. 
and my advice uh, coming into Dave's 100th episode is put yourself right in the middle of your life somewhere between your inner child your most joyful self and your wiser elder self the one that's been through it all and learned all the lessons of life who can look back fondly and all these ups and downs and bumps and bruises is something that was worth living so yeah put yourself in the middle and see what happens maybe take your shoes and socks off while you do it Hello, I'm Simon, uh, laughingly known as the Presentation Genius. Here's a tip that might help for Mestos Grid lifers. It's the idea of, I call it Be More Batman, but basically what it is, is the idea of creating an alter ego who knows what they are doing. So on those occasions when we don't want to step out of our comfort zone, to give a presentation in my case, but it could be anything you like for this kind of middle life of playing it safe concept, you pick somebody who would know what they were doing. And instead of trying to figure out what the hell you should do, because that's really, really hard, you ask yourself, if I was giving them advice, what would I, you know, what would I suggest that they do? Or if you really think they know what they're doing, you go through the cycle of, I don't know what to do, who would know what to do? Batman would know what to do. What would Batman do? Well, just damn well do it then. It's as simple as that, really. I know it sounds a bit woo-woo, but trust me, really, really powerful tool for stemming out your comfort zone and just grabbing life by the short curlies and get on with it. All right, I've been Simon. Have fun. Hello, my name is Emma and I'm a volunteer. So today I'm going to talk about um, mindset, really. So I'll start with when I was doing the Anna Calf Marathon, which was full of hills. Basically, people at the back in the van wanted me to give up. And I said, no, I want to do it till the end. Because... I went against the running club and other people's advice and I still did it and I finished in 3 hours 19 and the crowd at the end was just, was just brilliant. Now to get me through that, I kept myself going in, in my mind. Yes, I was full of cramp and everything like that but that was my first half marathon and I wanted to achieve it. And so a mindset is very, a positive mindset is very important you know for instance you're in your mind all the time well i'm in my mind all the time and it can get negative but if you turn things around like the other day i was out and i was thinking oh you know i felt miserable because of the weather but um what uh what i did was is i managed to turn me thinking around and, and using what we call a mantra which was i can do this i'm strong again that's helped us in America when I was crying um, because I was I was by myself and I was saying you know I was just crying and I was and then in the end I said I can do this I'm cared for and I'm loved it's something that that, that I learned that time when we we're in America so um, so yeah so you've just got to be positive really um just just change that just change that mindset you, you you can do it say to yourself you can do it my name is dr richard harkness and i'm a transformational life coach i am uh, previously uh, was a, a gp for and doctor for over 20 years and i'm here today to talk about a concept called memento mori uh, some of you may well be uh, familiar with this from uh, Stoicism, uh, but if you're not, it basically means remember that you, you have to die. 
it's not the cheeriest topic in the world i appreciate that but it's vital that you grasp this and really you know kind of get this inside you why do i say that because i've had experience of this firsthand over and over again you already get one crack of the whip this is it it doesn't matter what you believe in if you believe you're going to come back again you're never going to come back as you uh, and I've seen this so many times with patients that uh, I've uh, cared for over the years stories of people saying you know I wish I'd done this um, sooner or um, I was planning to do these things when I retired but then I had a massive stroke and now I can't do it anymore or obviously the worst you just die and you never even hit that point in your life so please don't keep waiting and putting off things that you really want to do with your life you don't know when the time's going to be up none of us do just live your life live your life get on with it follow your dreams and follow your passions as much as you possibly can and live each day like it's going to be your last because you just don't know when that's going to be a true statement thank you for listening hope you have a great day and next up, we have Phil Ayrson, who is a relationship coach specializing in working with people to maximize their relationships, particularly by starting with their relationship with themselves. And he has a great tip to share with you today. So first of all, um, congratulations, uh, Dave, on, on 100 episodes. Um, here's to 100 more. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of time spent talking to people. Um, so my one bit of uh, advice or, or maybe not advice, but, but something that I think would be useful is there is such a thing called the confidence loop, okay? And this is something where uh, we think about taking action. So quite often when something happens, we get stuck in overthinking and we think about what we need to do, about how we need to do it, and time passes and we start creating self-doubt. We start thinking, oh man, time's passed, I should have really done something by now, maybe it's not going to happen, maybe I'm not the kind of person to do this, which creates more overthinking, which creates more self-doubt, and before you know it, the opportunity has passed us by and nothing has happened. The confidence loop, however, is when something happens, we take action, and we take action with the thought that if we are taking action, we can always either succeed or we can learn from the action we've taken. So... There's never any failure. We either win or we get something we can learn from and then we can do it again, except with the knowledge of what works and what doesn't work. It's like um, learning to ride a bike. It's you, you learn to balance by falling off, not by overthinking and studying everything about riding a bike. You've got to get on, you've got to fall off. And I just hope that highlights the importance of taking action. Again, congratulations, Dave. And uh, yeah, keep going, man. Hi, my name is Graham Mills. I'm a director at Smart Carbon, director of GPM Network, a non-executive director at other companies, a business mentor, consultant. I've been working with Dave Aldew for many years now. Um, initially, we worked together on stress and stress management, and latterly um, on helping to build up a healthy lifestyle and healthy habits. Um, my tip is about uh, uh, establishing a morning ritual that allows you to reset when there are inevitable times when you will feel as if your healthy lifestyle has become derailed. Sometimes that derailment is for positive things, you know, life, you know, good things in life, like your 
celebrating a, a friend's birthday or perhaps not so positive things such as, you know, you've had a stressful day and you've sought solace in a tiramisu. So how do you get back on track? I think there's a couple of things you need to be wary of at that time. And there tend to be quite negative voices. The worst negative voice is that you failed. Um, you've, you've eaten too much, you've drank too much, you've failed and you're going to fail. So what's the point? The other negative voice, although it doesn't always seem like a negative voice, is that you'll have a few days off and you get back on with. The, the inevitability is that those days become weeks and months and then you've completely lost all the gains that you've made through your healthy lifestyle. So the task is to try to get back on track as quickly as possible. So for me, it's about developing a morning routine. So that's the, that's the uh, quickest you can do it. If you get up in the morning, you've got a morning routine, you can then begin to get back into your healthy mindset and your healthy lifestyle. Um, I'll tell you about mine. Mine is I get up uh, I, I, well, I get up fairly early, but I don't eat till 10 o'clock. In fact, I don't eat at 10 o'clock. I have a cup of coffee at 10 o'clock. Um, and the cup of coffee is the ritual element of it. It's not just an instant cup of coffee. Uh, it's quite an elaborate um, process to make that cup of coffee. I've got a, I use a mocha pot. Um, I've studied uh, James Hoffman's video, so you get a chance to have a look at him uh, on how to make a great cup of coffee in a mocha pot. And I go through various stages. It's about getting the temperature of the water right. It's about monitoring the uh, temperature on the mocha pot to make sure it doesn't overflow. Uh, it's about making sure that the temperature of the milk is correct so you get that nice creamy feel to it as well. So it's quite an elaborate process that I go through, but it allows me to reset. There's a degree of mindfulness in that process, but it predominantly allows me to uh, start the day afresh to effectively reset. Um, so that's my tip of the day, is about building within your morning routine a ritual that creates a line in the sand, an anchor point that allows you to get back into the mindset of, 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 of living uh, healthily. Hey, it's Richard Tubb here, the IT business growth expert. And congratulations, Dave, on hitting 100 episodes of your wonderful podcast. Now, Dave asked me to give a bit of advice to busy midlifers like myself. My advice would be this, meditation. Now, before you turn off and think meditation, oh, it's all woo-woo and uh, all Far Eastern and all that sort of mystical stuff. No, I've interviewed hundreds of people for my podcast uh, from the IT industry. And there's a common thread running through all of them. These highly successful, really motivated people, they all take time out to meditate. Coming from the IT industry where things move very, very quickly and change is very common indeed, I find that meditation just gives me that opportunity to slow down every day, let my brain defrag a little bit, and uh, basically, it's one of the superpowers I think it gives me is the ability to respond rather than react uh, with emotions. So we've often heard doctors and people in medical profession talk about, oh, you reacted poorly to the medication, but you responded well to the treatment. So for me, uh, meditation just 10 minutes a day. Start off with a few minutes if you need to, but meditation just helps my brain to process things. And one of the side effects I've noticed is it enables me, instead of reacting emotionally to all sorts of situations that happen every day, it enables me to just have that millisecond to slow down, 
and decide on how I want to respond. Now, I use guided meditation, which is uh, where you listen along to somebody helping you. And I meditate using the Headspace app. Uh, but there's free meditation available online if you just do a YouTube on meditation. And I just encourage you, start off with a few minutes every day. And back to that busy midlifer uh, piece to this. If you think you are too busy to find time to quietly meditate for a few minutes every day, then you need to rethink your life because you're being too busy on the wrong things. Meditation gives you extra time every day. Trust me on this one. Congratulations again, Dave, on hitting 100 episodes of your wonderful podcast. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, contributions from all of those guests and the, the food for thought. Hopefully you've got one or two to take away. If not more, by all means, listen to the podcast over again if you need to pick up some other tips and thoughts. Let me know your thoughts at davidrestlessmidlife.com. And really, all it leaves me to say now is to thank you so much for being a listener, whether you're a recent listener or you've, you've done the grueling task of sticking with me right from the beginning. I just want to thank you. Thank you for joining me on the journey. Thank you for some of the feedback that many of you have sent in, the questions, but also the feedback, the encouragement. It's been really, really um, important to me to know that these things land well and also to help me shape what really is going to land well with yourselves in the future as well. So thank you so much for helping me celebrate this 100th episode and hopefully many more to come. Take care. Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North BA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure.